Hi, everyone, and welcome to Dance It Out, a Grey's Anatomy podcast. As you can probably tell by my lack of Italian accent, I am not Giuseppe Carallo, but it is me, Alexander Brent. I am back, and I'm hosting today's episode. I am so excited to announce our guest today. I am joined once again. Listeners, you might recognize her voice, remember her from last season. Everyone, welcome back, Kayla Jackson. Hi, Kayla. Hello. How's it going? Uh, it's going well. It's going okay. How are you? Pretty good. Happy it's Friday. Happy to be here. Right. Yeah. It's always good on a on a Friday and uh, after Grays, and we're here to talk about new episode. We're going to be talking about episode ten. Sisters are doing it for themselves. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to do a little recap, and then we'll we'll get into it. All right. Catherine returns to Gray Sloan for a surgical case that makes Blue and Lucas queasy. Amelia treats a patient with a family that's a little too supportive. Owen takes his medical future into his own hands, much to Teddy's surprise. All right. Good stuff. Before we get into it, you know, I want to ask you, Kayla, what do you think so far of this season, this kind of soft reboot, the new interns, Meredith's exit. What are you thinking of the season? <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> I have so many thoughts. Let's see. I'll start with Meredith's exit. I don't think this is going to be a um, hot take, but wow, what a underwhelming exit. <laughs> I, yes. I, I just found it very, I don't know. I'm just really curious about the context behind why Meredith Gray the star, the center of this Grey's universe had such a kind of like kind of exit and departure. Um, It's just, it's really interesting to me. I was, I was almost kind of like, wait, is that it? She's gone. (laughs) So. Yeah, yeah. definitely kind of a letdown. It was just very, it wasn't as big as we needed it to be for, yeah, the title character for Meredith Grey on Grey's Anatomy. I definitely feel you on that. Yeah. And it was just, I I don't know. I think it was interesting how they were, I don't know, I guess trying to, there are moments where they're kind of calling back to like, remember when she was in therapy and she was doing all this growth. Well, like here she is again, trying to grow. And like, there was just moments where I think, you know, we've now spent, I mean, essentially almost 20 years with this character, right? Like, I don't know how they're, you know, categorizing the time if it's the same as the equal to the seasons, but it's like, we spent a lot of time with Meredith and the ways in which she was hesitant around this current relationship. It just felt like, I don't know, is that really accurate to all the work that she has done, all the things that she has experienced that that would still be where she would be struggling. It was just very interesting. So. Yeah. yeah. I think they were trying to do something with, again, bringing it back to the like, the difference between the pick me, choose me, love me. And the, you know, I'm not her new speech to Nick saying, you know, I'm not going to beg you to love me and this and that. But yeah, it is interesting. Like you're saying, it's been about 20 years, almost the same, you know, there's been a couple of time jumps and seasons that, so about 20 years, but that she's kind of, kind of in the same place, kind of not. So yeah, I don't know, really know what they're doing. And again, I think with their, her exit, they didn't want it to be too big because we know that she is going to come back to the show at some point, you know, we know she's mm-hmm. going to be back for the finale and hopefully next season. 
but yeah, it felt a strange exit. How about the the interns? What are you thinking of the the new interns this season? Yeah, you know, I mean, it's they're trying to really lay on heavy, right? That like this is I I feel like they're trying to really grasp for the old Grays fans, um, which if I categorize myself, I'm certainly an old Grays fan. Um, I had a much harder time with the later seasons, so this definitely feels like a look. We're giving you another Izzy, another Karev, a new Christina. Like, what do you think? But I will say, even with that, even with like the way I feel like they're trying to hook us with the familiarity of the old Grace, I do like these. I like these characters. I'm interested in them. There's some that I'm like, eh, okay, I don't really know if I'm invested in their storyline just yet, but I'm I'm very curious to see where they go with all of them. Yeah, I think they've been pretty successful, at least introducing them and getting us to see, to be somewhat interested, you know, maybe some more than others. Um, but I think it's a good starting point and we'll see where it goes the rest of the season and and next season, because we know that they're all, you know, brought in this season as regulars. So we'll... We'll hope they'll continue their contract next year and we'll see where their their storylines will go. I think there are some similarities to the original core intern group. And then, like you were saying, they, there are some differences. So that's also nice to see. All right. Well, let's get into the episode 10. Speaking of the, the interns, there's some stuff with Simone and Lucas. We know that they're kind of starting something. And she um, the started this episode, started with her, you know, hearing... Then Lucas has some girl over and she's coming down to get coffee and she's coming back tonight. So obviously there's some feelings between the two of them. What are you thinking about uh, Simone and Lucas? You know, I feel like at first I was like, no, where are they trying to pair them? I don't want to root for them. <laughs> for whatever reason, I was just like, I don't know about this. But I I do enjoy their chemistry. I am just kind of like, I mean, they are pretty cute together. Would be kind of cute <laughs> if they were able to, to work it out. And even just the backstory of all the residents of just them being like hired for reasons that are not necessarily typical or standard for residents at Grace Sloan. Like I, I like the idea that maybe they would have a, again, similar storyline, right? Of the like, will they, won't they? Oh, there's this going on. There's this thing going on. Are they friends or not friends? But I think I like the added context of yeah, this might, their relationship might look a little different, just like how they became interns looked a little different than how yeah. these season one folks became interns. So I'm, I am curious. I mean, I really, I really enjoy Simone as a character. Her backstory is very interesting. And honestly, so is, I feel so bad with these names because I like keep them, but I don't keep them. So is Lucas. I think his story is, is super interesting as well so far. So yeah, they definitely are focused more on Simone, well, Simone and Lucas, but definitely Simone, as far as these new five, we know more about her and her family and mm -hmm. her backstory, at least why she is in this new program, like you're saying. And we're still kind of learning some of these interns, why they're there, what happened with their old programs or why they weren't accepted originally. So it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see if Lucas and Simone can make it work. And Jules, another intern has a patient this this uh, episode, and I think she was brought in last episode, Natalia, and some emotional stuff with there. It, it reminded me of some early, some of the stuff in this episode reminded me of the classic Greys. Here we have 
a patient who is on her way out, unfortunately, and is, you know, it's that kind of trope of, oh, they want to go do something. They want to travel. They want to see something one last time, mm-hmm. but they're never able to make it out of the hospital. And then there were some other stuff we'll get into that they're reminding me of classic Grays. But what are you thinking of this storyline with Jules, how it's affecting her and and just these patient, this patient in general? Yeah, you know, this has probably been my biggest critique that I've had with Grace. I think I I find myself really drawn to the mundane. Like I think the mundane, the everyday, just what they are dealing with being interns and dealing with life and dealing with this in their world of like post-COVID, everything's fine world. Like the mundane is just as dramatic as something that can be this kind of like gut-wrenching, tugging at your heartstrings moment. And I love Shonda. I really do. And I feel like sometimes she takes us on rides just for the sake of doing it. You know, like every now and again, I'm just like, I don't know. Is this just like trauma for trauma's sake? Like, because we are kind of really getting into this, like, you know, we're seeing the patient and her husband and their love and how it's just like, oh, man, it's so beautiful and so honest and how you would like, I guess it feels like they're showing us how we would like want our relationships to look like. But also here's the reality that she's dying. And like, what does that mean? Right? It's 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 really, yeah. it was almost a little too dramatic for me. But I also hear what you're saying of it being, feeling very like old grays, like a callback to the old grays. I wonder if I would feel differently if it wasn't Jules as the intern. I think huh. character wise, she is the one that I am struggling the most with in terms of like connecting to. And like wanting to be invested in her storyline. Yeah, I think they had a good, like, at least on paper, like what her backstory is. And we just haven't really seen much of it, you know, as far as like her parents are maybe, you know, hippie kind of drug people, but we just haven't really seen much of her. So, yeah, interesting with Jules. On On a more lighthearted note, then if we're not, you know, focusing on such the, the trauma for trauma's sake storyline we did have i think lighter patient storylines with amelia's patient and the sisters who are you know oh we're we all had cancer and you're gonna have cancer too and we get to go on cancer camp together and that was kind of dark and twisty you know it was it's still dark that they're celebrating having cancer and they're almost rooting for her sister too yes well but it was almost i think a little more lighthearted. what do you think Yeah, I think it was definitely more lighthearted. And I think, you know, I think that that storyline kind of reminded me a little bit of of old Grey's energy, where it's just like, what is this funky scenario where we've got these sisters who are just like, yeah, cancer, we're gonna get it. (laughs) Like, it'll be great. Like, it's just like, what is happening? I am also biased towards sister storylines. I mean, even just with Meredith and Amelia and I'm am just going to be kicking myself because I am blanking on one of my favorite characters' actual names. I know her name, her actress name. I am blanking on Maggie. <laughs> there yeah, it yeah. is. <laughs> I I love their dynamic, right? Like I love I love their relationship as sisters. So it's it's always fun for me to see sister dynamics again. Yeah. So I think I was definitely I was definitely biased towards that story of like, ooh, sisters. What's this gonna be about? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I loved them, and I love that she the sister who ended up not having cancer that she stuck up for herself. And she told her that, no, I don't want to be sick and cancer is not fun. And I love that you guys can make it light and, you know, make light of it, but make it positive. But no, I don't, 
I don't want cancer. Yeah, that's not a club I would like to join, please. <laughs> and I love the revelation that they've been carrying around cat litter for 15 years that she left her sister's ashes however <laughs> many years ago. That was great. Again, kind of a dark and twisting moment. Yeah, and I think it's like, it was again, just like the pieces of the mundane, you know? Like, it's it wasn't this like, a tsunami has approached Seattle and it's coming right now. And also yeah. there's like a gaping hole in the city and what's going to happen, <laughs> right? It's like, oh, okay, like I, I can only do so much natural disaster. I can only do so much catastrophic, worst, worst, worst case scenario events. But like, I can totally rock with the story of like, oh, this is not my sister. This is kitty litter. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> totally. And then you alluded to it earlier about the sister, we're talking about sisters and talking about Meredith and, um, Maggie and Amelia, now that we've seen Meredith's exit, I love the ending scene at the end of Amelia and Maggie and saying, you know, just because Meredith's gone doesn't change anything between us. We are still sisters. I am still here for you. And I love that they, they're they still there for each other as sisters, just because Meredith's gone doesn't change anything. Yeah. And I I really appreciated that too. And they are probably two of my I'm, I'm, I mean, I love, I love Maggie. I really love Maggie a lot. And I also love Amelia because I, um, I don't follow every single Shonda spinoff, but I was obsessed with private practice. I yeah. loved private practice so much. Um, and I loved Amelia's character development on private practice. Like it just, it's just really nice to see her having struggled so much with so many different things. And it just felt like the struggles were in a real way, not in a like, not in the dramatic trauma for trauma sake way. I just felt like, yeah, just even just Amelia's back and forth with sobriety and just her being able to tie in the pieces of abandonment and like, yeah, what would it mean if with Meredith gone that she's losing another sister, she's losing another sibling, just like she has lost so many other people in her life. Yeah. I've, yeah, I've definitely, I've enjoyed a lot of Amelia's engagements and like her stuff always and seems, moments. Yeah, totally. Her stuff always seems very grounded, like you're saying. It's very, it just seems natural and right. It doesn't seem like overdramatic or just for the sake of being something. And I, I, whenever I hear people, whatever their opinion is about Amelia, whether they do or don't like her, my first question immediately is, did you watch Private Practice? Do you know yes. her storyline in there? Because there's so much stuff about Amelia's backstory that we see on Private Practice that if you haven't seen it, you only see her on Grey's, you may or may not, it might change your opinion, basically, on how you might react to that character. Yeah, I think it could feel hard to root for her because it's like, Whoa, what? What is yeah. she doing? What happened? How'd she get here? And it's just like, yeah, no, go back. Watch Private Practice. <laughs> Definitely. Changing gears a little bit, we do have to talk about Catherine Avery's back in the hospital. Catherine Fox, excuse me. Catherine Fox is in the hospital mm-hmm. performing surgery. And I just love to see Catherine doing her thing and killing it. Always, always. And I love that Blue was kind of taken back and that he was the one to to faint. And we, you know, we've seen him up until this point always be the number one. And it was just kind of nice to see that, oh, he has a weakness. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, because I think, and for me, he's kind of being lumped in as the, like, he's the Karev, right? Like, okay, how are we going to play this out? And I think that, you know, in Karev's story arc, it was kind of, it took a while for us to see a, like, more 
I guess, a, a side of him that we can fully, fully relate to besides the barriers and the anger and the like, I don't trust anyone and all these things. And yeah, it was nice to have to have Blue already have this moment of just like, oh, maybe I don't know what I'm doing. Maybe I'm not <laughs> this like perfect resident that's going to be, you know, running laps around all my other peers. And totally. yeah. Yeah, I loved that. And mm-hmm. another storyline going on this episode was Owen trying to get his license oh, back and, and calling to get, you know, reviewed and whatnot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are your thoughts on that? You know, <laughs> Owen is stressful for me. Okay. <laughs> I feel like way, you know, I feel like people who are like into Grey's are like, yeah, I'm rewatching it. I'm going from like season one again. It's been however many years, right? And I feel like in my most recent rewatch of the series, I'm just like, oh God, is Owen is Owen learning anything? What's <laughs> happening in terms of Owen's story arc, right? Because there just seems to be this constant moment of like, I'm going to do this thing regardless of logic or reasoning or think, yeah. feedback from people who care about me and are giving me feedback that's worthwhile. It's like, yeah, but... I'm just going to do this thing anyways. And it's like, okay, are we already here again in season 19 where you are jeopardizing? Like, And I mean, the cause is, is complicated and nuanced. And for context, for folks who maybe didn't hear the last time I was on here, I'm a social worker by trade. So I, I feel the pieces of when the system is failing people and how you want to fill those gaps because of how much you care. I just wonder if there could have been ways where he didn't just be so, so bullheaded. It seems like a very consistent bullheaded energy from Owen. Yeah. And I have yet to see the like moment where he's like, oh, huh, maybe I was a little bit wrong. I mean, there was kind of a little bit of this, right? In this episode, I think Bailey was kind of involved. I, was say, least... I think Bailey was saying like, take a step mm-hmm. back and stop, you know, saying what you did right and realize the stuff that you did wrong as well. Right, which I think was huge and helpful. It's just wild that it is like we are in season nineteen. Yeah, and yeah. This is the first time that Owen has gotten this type of like direct feedback. <laughs> totally. Part of me feels like this is just like how a man acts. Like you're right, it's just how like men mm-hmm. behave. But then part of me also feel like maybe the writers also don't know how to write because I feel like over the years, like I don't know, it's just so difficult for them to write like strong male characters, and this has been. Like, Owen has been now one of their longest-running male characters. So I just feel like something with the writing is is strange there. Yeah, yeah. And it's, yeah, I think it's like, I don't know. I want to know, I always want to know what they want me to feel, right? How am I supposed to take away how Owen is showing up in yeah. this scene? And I do feel like, like you said, like, sometimes the writing is just struggling with like what masculinity looks like and like what masculinity looks like in this cishet veteran, all the things, right? Right, Um, And like what that means. And I feel like sometimes, and I mean, I don't know, I'm curious about your thoughts on it too, but like, I feel like sometimes they want us to have a lot of sympathy for the ways that he has gaps. And I'm just confused by that because he is consistently surrounded by people who can help him with those gaps and there also seems to be a consistent like eh well I don't need to learn that lesson until this exact moment so it's just it's very curious to me I feel like we need I feel like we need Meredith back to put him in his place like Christina had said Mm. watch over Owen and 
and maybe we need a scene with Meredith to come in and whip him into shape somehow. Yeah. But I yeah. did like I did like that, you know, he's getting his license back. I did like that yes. the, the peer reviewer saw that for me, saw that he's he needs his license. Like he needs to be saving lives. Like he's a trauma surgeon. If he right. is not able to do this, like that is the consequence. So I feel like I'm glad that he got his license back. I'm really glad that Owen and Teddy are making up something that I noticed that whole scene was in the chief's new office, which was the conference room is the same location where when Owen was chief, he fired her. This was the plane crash episode. And he was like, I know that you have other options. You need to go to Medcom. And she has that, you son of a bitch. And but she comes oh. back and it hugs. It's the same location. And now wow. she's the chief. And now they're making up. And I'm just like, for me, I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. <laughs> that is such a real reference. I did not even realize that. But yeah, no, that is a good. Owen and Teddy. Mm-hmm. Loving it. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> and then one more thing that I wanted to talk about, going back to Catherine, other than her surgery, was also that another thing that kind of felt classic Grey's was that in a way, it mirrored what was going on with Catherine. So we had this revelation of the wife showing up of the patient. And mm-hmm. she said that, oh, he seems to forget that I, you know, handled insurance paperwork. So I've known all along. Mm-hmm. It mirrored how Richard made the realization that, oh, Catherine is, you know, getting Reiki. And I know what this is about. And that, mm-hmm. you know, I need you to tell me basically what's going on with you. And Catherine finally tells Richard what's going on with her progression of her cancer. So another thing that, you know, in the classic gray seasons, we always got the patient storyline mirrored something with what was going on with the, with the characters. So that was another kind of reference back to classic grays to me. Yeah, definitely. And I'm, I'm noticing too, I wonder if this is where I have a lot less bias towards black women matriarchs. Cause I'm just like, yeah, she can do no wrong. Catherine Fox, she's great. Even though there are moments where she really is not behaving in the best of ways, especially with withholding or thinking that she was withholding her updated diagnosis with Richard. Yeah. Thinking she was. <laughs> yeah. It's like, he's a doctor too. And he knows what's going on, but yeah. I'm loving them. Well, yeah. almost the end of our episode before we go, of course, we always have a highlight. So what was your favorite scene or moment or line from this episode? I got to say what you reminded me with Bailey, because I just am also always here for Bailey. I feel like they don't always know what to do with her, but I really appreciated her moment and scene with Owen. Yeah. Yeah. And just saying, you know, her one simple line, you know, Bailey line to make him realize, oh, yeah, okay, you're right, you're right. (laughs) Right. Yeah. My favorite... Maybe again, just all these classic Grey's moments, the mirror, the patients, the lighthearted mm-hmm. patients, the jokes, the cancer storyline. But if I had to choose something, maybe even just the intern bonding at the end, you know, Jules had a tough day, Blue had a tough day, and Yasuda, Mika was like, oh, come with me, and ended up, you know, Simone gets home and sees they're all hanging out in her room and trying on the dresses that Yasuda yeah. got at and blue is painting and so he's helping and they're just i just love that they're bonding again it brings it back to the original five interns and i love that they're i, I and again i still love that they they moved into meredith's house and we're keeping yes. that 
that feel and that set and that just moments. Just nice. I love the bonding mm-hmm. between the interns. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I totally get that. <laughs> well, that is our show. Thank you again, Kayla, for coming back on. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Alex. Of course. And if you like what you heard today, be sure to subscribe, like, rate, and review our podcast and tell your friends. Our theme song is called Inspired by Kevin McLeod, and our sound editing is provided by NH Sound. You can find us on Twitter at Dance It Out Pod and on Instagram at Dance It Out Grey's Anatomy. Until next time, I'm Alex, and this is Dance It Out, a Grey's Anatomy podcast.